Recently, I learned that some people who listen to the show refer to themselves as juice boxers, which was not something that I knew, but I did like the idea. Anyway, I'm going to mention that again in a second and then tell you about today's show. I have to apologize to today's guest because, well, you know how sometimes you get an email and it falls down your inbox and like six months later, you're like, oh my God, I didn't remember that and I can't believe I lost track of it and you don't know what to do or how to email back because it's awkward. Well, you can list this episode under that heading because somehow this episode slipped down in the folder that I have it in. I I must have opened it, which redated it. And then it slid it down. It doesn't matter. But whatever, uh, whatever the case, this should have come out a while ago. And so I apologize to today's guest. And of course, if things timeline wise don't seem to make sense, that could be why. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice medical or otherwise, please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. I didn't mention it at the beginning, but did you notice that's the old opening to the show? Like that's how long ago I recorded this episode. The file All right, so the files, you want a little back room? I have a template, and the template has the music in it Then I record on other tracks. So this template was built so long ago that it's the old theme music. And I just left it in there to make the point that um, I screwed this up. Before I start with Carrie, I want to remind you about the T1D Exchange. The T1D Exchange is looking for type 1 adults and type 1 caregivers who are U.S. residents to participate in a quick survey that can be completed in just a few minutes from your phone or your computer. After you're finished the questions, which are simple, uh, they're not in-depth probing questions. I did it in about seven minutes. You will be contacted annually to update your information. But, you know, it might just be you get contacted and you're like, oh, there's no update. That's it. At that time, they may ask you further questions. But this thing is completely anonymous, so your name's not attached to it at all. It is 1 million percent HIPAA compliant. And it will never require you to see a doctor or go to a remote site. This is a way for you to help with type 1 diabetes data research without leaving your house or having to be in a study. Now, every time someone completes the process using my link, t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box, you will be benefiting type 1 diabetes research and the podcast. So thank you. Past participants like you have helped to bring increased coverage for test strips, Medicare coverage for CGMs, and have provided changes in the ADA guidelines for pediatric A1C goals. That's one of those things that doesn't sound like a big deal, but it really is. The T1D exchange helped motivate the ADA to lower A1C goals. That information goes out to doctors, then it reaches you, and then you get different marching orders from your doctor, not just you but the whole world, to strive for lower A1Cs, better time and range, that kind of stuff. So it's incredibly easy and exciting to imagine what your participation might lead to. T1DExchange.org forward slash juicebox. There's links in your show notes. Please give it a chance. 
at least head over to the link and see what you think. It's a genuinely good use of your time. Go ahead and introduce yourself. You seem jacked up. We can get going. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm Carrie and um, I'm 45 and I am a mom of two. Mm-hmm. I have a 17, or no, 16 and 13 year old. And I was diagnosed with type one last year at 44. Ooh, I bet you that took you by surprise, huh? Uh, uh, you could say that. Yeah. 44. Have you been, have you been sick through your life or was this your first? Never. Right. Nothing. I'm very, very healthy. I've never had an issue in my life. I literally, um, I literally just say, um, I have type one at 44 because I'm a kid at heart. Um, so. <laughs> well, not that you can't get it at any age. And there right. have been people on who have gotten it in their sixties even, but. Right. My, my thing is, it's more like, and maybe you didn't have this feeling, but I've always segmented my life up. Like, you know, if I can just make it to 18, <laughs> if I can just make it to 25, you know what I mean? Like, and, oh, and I've heard you say that. Yeah. But in your 40s, you think if I'm getting sick in my 40s, I'm getting cancer. Right. Like that's. That's exactly what I thought. Right. But, but I mean, I literally. So I guess last. Well, it wasn't last. Well, it was last August. and um. I thought I was killing the over 40 metabolism game when I lost 20 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I mean, I got like three different, you know, once I had three different people say, oh my gosh, you've lost so much weight. And I wasn't trying. I was eating like a teenage boy Mm -hmm. and, and still losing weight. And I was like, what are you talking about? This is great. I've worn pants that my, that I wore before my son was born and, you know, still haven't lost the baby weight. And, um, so I was like, I mean, of course, the it's going to just be me and Holly Berry and a couple of other like really fit, skinny 50 year olds in the world. <laughs> yes. I was like, this is great. I'm happy. I'm not going to the doctor. Are this you, is great. Are you married? I'm not. I'm uh, divorced. Oh. I've been divorced for almost 10 years. Because if you were married, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to have to get rid of this guy and start over. Right? I didn't know I was right. going to look this good in the last third. Right, right. I know. But like, so, and then of course I had the other normal symptoms, the, Mm -hmm. the weight, I mean the, well, the weight loss and then the severe thirst, the peeing constantly. Um, I actually, um, what, what else? Oh, I had, um, I was, my fingertips and my toes were going numb. Mm. So when I went, I finally, my mom traveled to the doctor with me to make sure that I went because I'm just not that like overly hypochondriac. I, you know, I don't overreact. Okay. Um, so I went and they were like, I don't think you're diabetic. I was, well, I actually, when I went, I said, I either have diabetes, a thyroid issue, or I have a tapeworm. And I don't know which one they were like, well, I'm sure it's not a tapeworm and you don't fit the profile for a diabetic. And so we'll just test everything. And so they did. And come to find out when I went back the next week after my labs were in, my sugar was, um, uh, 356 Mm. and my A1C was 16. Ooh, how did you feel? I felt fine. No kidding. Yeah. And that's what is, that's why I was like, I'm fine. I'm just, you know, whatever. I'm Mm -hmm. fine. I, I don't feel a high at all. Um, and so then, so they, they were like, here, 
here's a pen of Basiclar. Just give yourself a shot at the end of every day. And, you know, just if you're going to eat pasta, just eat a little bit. Make it a side. And I'm like, okay. So they showed me how to give myself a shot, and off I went. Two weeks later, I was – oh, and I lost my sight. (laughs) <laughs> okay, hold Please. on a second. Wait, we gotta slow down. All right, like you need to take a breath. I'm thinking. All right, we gotta do, and we gotta do one other thing. Are you on a Mac or a PC? I'm on an HP. An HP. Okay. I was just hoping to um, silence your reminders somehow, but I don't know how to do that. Uh, oh, on, on oh, PC. that's my phone. I Is it? Think. Can you put it on? Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. I got it. Okay. So let's slow down. Your your A1C is 16. Yes. You. And they tell you to just give yourself a shot of insulin at the end of the day. Yeah, like a long, long acting. Just a long insulin. acting, because they think mm-hmm. you have type two diabetes. Right. Okay. That's and, my that's my general practitioner. Right. And if you have pasta, do what? Just use like if you're going to eat it, just you know pr- portion it much smaller than you would. Uh, Don't make it the meal. Make it the side. If you're going to drink hemlock, just have a sip. <laughs> I got you. Right. A sip exactly. exactly. Just a sip. Okay. Just on the weekends. And and then um, off you go. Goodbye. Off I go. Two weeks later, it was a little bit after Christmas. And I, so I ride the train to work. Um, I work in DC. See, and the, see, um, I, can I say something? I know you live in DC or my next, or my next question would have been, where do you live that they gave you this kind of a Horrible I li- advice at your doctor's office. Like, but- <laughs> I live near Annapolis, Maryland. Yeah. You're, by the way, your email address is what made me think you live in that area. Oh, okay. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yep. so so actually, I should take a step back. My doctor did, um, when she had me get my labs work, my labs done, she also ordered me an MRI of my pancreas because she said that pancreatic cancer does show up sometimes as diabetic symptoms. Oh, do you think she thought you had cancer and she was just like, yes. hey, give yourself some insulin and then we'll really yes. dig- I see. Okay. Now it's making so, more sense. So, yeah. So, like, I'm like, holy crap. What am I going to tell my kids? Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what to do. So then finally my... My um. What am I going to tell my kids? Remember that bad stuff I told you about, Daddy? It's not true. You're going to live with him. Yes. <laughs> Forget all that I'm... stuff Mommy said when she was whining ten years ago, and I don't mean like whining, like talking. I mean like you know with a bottle of wine. And um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So I I totally was panicking panicking until the the results came back, which were fine. So that's good. Of course. But then um. Like I said, a few weeks after Christmas, I'm at work and I'm like, I can't even see. I just had my eyes tested and I'm like, how in the world is my eyesight so bad? I couldn't see close up at all. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was like a busy time of year for us, an election year. And so I was just very busy. So I couldn't read barcodes on different pieces of inventory or equipment that I was supposed to be able to do. Okay. And I was like useless pretty much. And so I just like kind of broke down and was like, I don't know what's going on. Well, then I checked my sugar and it was like literally 600. Mm. And so I'm like, something, something else has to be done. Like, I can't live like this. This is, this is frustrating. So I did make, I made an appointment with an endocrinologist and I saw her for the first time, uh, last February. And ever since then I've been on the straight and narrow, totally good. And, um, so I'm on 
well, I first started with multiple inject, multiple, multiple daily injections. Mm-hmm. She switched me. She's like, oh, and I was taking the metformin that the doctor prescribed yeah. when I was, when she thought I was type two. So she's like, definitely stop taking that. That does nothing for you. Um, and she said, I can just tell by your numbers that you're type one. I, I mean, I did end up having the test for the antibodies done, yeah. which confirmed type one. Um, but I did the multiple injections from February till about May, and then I went on a pump and CGM. How long was it from the time you saw the GP till February when you went to the endo? December to February. Okay. I think it's possible that you're describing the absolutely haphazard diagnosis that a lot of type twos get. I do too. Yeah. That, yeah. that probably in hindsight makes you pretty sad to look back on. Not just for yourself, I would imagine. It's just yeah. a, it's a strange thing, you know. Here you have diabetes. I'm not really going to tell you too much about it. Don't eat pasta, and right. but I mean, you know, if you do, just don't have a ton. And and, right. and here's your insulin and a meter, and you know, I don't know, check it once in a while. You'll be anyway. Good luck. It was yep. that's really crazy. Terrible. They literally they literally gave me a booklet um, that. <laughs> Look like it was from um, 1970 with Andre the Giant on the front. Stop it. That's I not, swear. Oh, my gosh. You know, I don't usually like the title of the episodes to come out this early, but <laughs> Andre the Giant is the title of your episode, Carrie. So, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. You're going to have to say something way better in the next 45 way minutes better. to get away from that. Oh, no. I got to I gotta really, really get my A game. Just start winging one-liners all over the place. Um, <laughs> no, but that's that's – so what did the pamph – what did Andre tell you? Andre mm-hmm. told me to um, eat less carbs and no sugar, and you know, um, you know his his wife. Um, I'm not even sure. Red hair, older lady. They were walking in a park and just, you know, I don't know. I I kind of just browsed through it and threw it away. Yeah, he's not like, the picture of health. I'm, right. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I mean, it, if it wasn't him, it was his definite doppelganger. I have a question. Was he in the unitard in this or just like a regular? <laughs> the slinger at, or whatever it's called. Well, at one point in his career, he had no. the one, the one, it went over the, the one, one shoulder. You remember? <laughs> yes. And then when he really stopped caring what people thought of him, he just went right to the bikini uh, <laughs> pants. <laughs> he really didn't care. Oh my gosh. I'm looking um, at him here fighting Andre the Giant or uh, 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 Andre the Giant fighting Hulk Hogan, and it's just oh, a yeah. hilarious image. That was <laughs> that. That was the. Oh yeah. I got. I listen. I wish you wouldn't have thrown that pamphlet out because I would have asked you to mail it to me. <laughs> but, I. Know, you know what? I can get another. <laughs> can you really? <laughs> Why not? You really, they're handing up. They're handing them out. I guess it was just a year ago, right? Yeah. All right. Get me another one the next I'm time you're over. I'm getting it. I'm so getting it. All right. Okay, so Andre the Giant didn't help you that much. Your doctor no. didn't help you that much. You found an endo that did help you. She is amazing. I love her. Love We're her. like BFFs and my clinical manager that helped me with my pump settings and everything. We're BFFs also. Mm-hmm. And um, they have been the reason why I'm doing so well. Well, that's wonderful. I have to tell you um, that... I was scared that you were going to tell me that that was just the level of what was going on there because I just last week had to turn down speaking at the JDRF event in DC because my date, the date didn't work for me. I was already traveling that day. So Uh, yeah. So next month, 
February 29th, I'm going to the Type 1 Summit in Las Vegas. Oh, why does nobody invite me to that kind of stuff? Um, well, I, inv- I invited myself. Well, well, yeah, but that's different. But, I don't want to pay. I just want to go out and talk. <laughs> and then come. Oh, yeah, but yeah, the flight I would, and the hotel. Yeah, I guess it's Vegas, really. The flight in the hotel is probably like $85, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> but um, I, I, it did break my heart just to go on from the side for a second because they have a huge chapter. She was talking about maybe a thousand people have signed up already. And, wow. And I just, I really, I love that part of the country a lot. Um, I love it a little more in the spring than I do in the winter, but I was, yeah. I was excited. And then they dropped the date on me and I'm traveling. I'm, I'm going to see my son play baseball in Florida. So wow. I, I couldn't do it. And I was like, oh, you have to invite me next year. And she goes, well, it'll be the same time next year. I was like, well, you have to have it a week earlier next year and invite <laughs> me next year. So yeah, I, 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 did, um, I did the, the, JDRF walk in DC this past year and, um, on my own, non, non team, just myself, I raised over a thousand dollars. Look at you. Congratulations. Where does the, where does the walk go through? Um, um, last year it went, uh, last year it went through, um, by the monument down to the, uh, Lincoln Memorial. See, that's a good JDRF walk. Yeah. And it was, it was really good. It was really nice. Now I just got a call like, last night and wanted to, they wanted to know if I was coming again and this year or this coming year, it'll be closer on, on the mall. So what what um, time of year is it usually? It may it's at the end of May. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Pencil you in. I I don't know. I think I'm speaking in Orlando and too, but, um, if they uh, listen, we should do a thing, have everybody walk into a room and we'll talk afterwards about using their insulin. Uh, I would love it. I just want to see the monuments again. I haven't been down in a while. Oh, yeah. Anyway. All right. So uh, pumps, glucose yeah. monitors, what do you got going? I got going. Um, I'm on Medtronic and the uh, G6 mm-hmm. CGM. That's an interesting I, mix. How did you? Uh... Well, it just, this is the Guardian. It came with the um, the pump yeah. together. And um, I... I didn't really ask. And I just was like, she, my doctor was like, you know, here's the Medtronic rep and, um, here's, and so I didn't have any, I didn't really, um, I'm not, I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying you shouldn't have had the Medtronic pump. No, what no, I'm saying no, is I, you don't usually see people with a Medtronic pump and a Dexcom CGM. It's a, it's an interesting. Oh, no, no, mix. no. I have, I have the Guardian. Oh, you have the Guardian. The oh, Guardian okay. 6. Yeah. The Guardian yeah. 6, not the G6. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Guardian 6. How's it working uh-huh. for you? It's so awesome. Excellent. Like I literally, I, I never go low. I mean, I, if, if anything, I'll go high, but it's because I'm still, I'm still kind of learning. I mean, I'm, I've been on the pump since I, since May mm-hmm. and like auto mode since like a month after that. And, um, my A1C is 6.6. Hey, congratulations. Yeah. Thank That's you. Lovely. Good for you. Yeah. And I, that was in less than six months. So, um, I thought that was a pretty, a pretty good jump from 16. Yeah. No, <laughs> pretty good. Please. Are you kidding? Uh, yeah, your vision's yeah. back. Everything's but my great. vision's back. My, I, I did have a bunch of hair loss, but, um, that's also getting better. Um, but I had a lot to lose, so it's okay. Um, and I did develop, um, Hashimoto's. So I do just take Synthroid once a day for that. How, when were you diagnosed with that? Um, 
That was in a, like March of this year. So after the type one diagnosis. Yep. yep. Do you think you had it prior or no? Definitely not. Cause my thyroid was checked in December before that, when yeah. I was, when I was diagnosed as type two. Gotcha. And it was not, it was on the normal scale. How's your energy with it? Like with, uh, with the, with having Hashimoto's is your, do you, do okay, you feel rested yeah. after you sleep, things like that? Or how's it affecting you? So, um, I'm definitely more tired and my energy level is not, is not where it used to be, mm-hmm. but, um, it's, it's definitely getting better. Um, some days I'm just exhausted. Some days I'm not, but I think that's just diabetes. Um, and I used to be a runner. I'm still trying to figure out my pump and exercise, okay. um, because I go, I will go extremely low with any cardio, anything like that. Hmm. Um, so I mean, I know I can suspend delivery, but I hate doing that. And, um, I just feel like I'm like, I'm not going to catch up if I don't, if, oh. if I do do that. Well, do you have the option? I wouldn't say to suspend delivery completely, but do you have an option to scale back the power of the insulin prior to the exercise? Yes. Yes. You yeah. can do that. Yeah, I think and that's I, what you I know, try. I'm just nervous. Yeah, I, I know. It took me a long time to actually just go running to, and see where I was mm-hmm. w- with doing nothing. Um, so I'm running with like a phone in one hand and my pump in the other hand with constant eyes on my pump. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely one of my goals is to get back into that because I really do miss it. Well, yeah. So there's, um, I'm going to try to find it for you. There's an episode of the podcast that talks about exercise. It's one of the pro tips. Have you heard, have you found the pro tips? I, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure. Cool. So this one is, I'm going to click on it. I hope it doesn't start playing. Because <laughs> right, that would just be strange. Episode 256 is called Diabetes Pro Tip Exercise. It's me and Jenny Smith, and we're talking about how, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. how you can stop yourself from getting low in that situation. So Yeah, because I certainly don't want to end up looking like Andre the Giant. Well, you know, I, I, <laughs> I would also think you don't want to be, you know, on the mall laying on your face. Hoping somebody comes by and doesn't think you're drunk, it helps you. So, yeah, and yeah. you know, I, that's that was my route that I used to run on my lunch breaks every day. Every day, I would run from the Capitol to the around the monument and mm-hmm. back, and that was about three miles all the way to the Lincoln Memorial and back was five, a little maybe a little more, six, oh, almost six. That and that would I would do that during my lunch break every day. You, see, I try to get. I, I I keep telling my wife like. Why do we not go to Washington when the cherry blossoms are blooming? Like, I want to do that. Because and you want to sneeze all day? Oh. Just one time to see it. No, yeah, I guess I so. Know. Yeah. I don't know. I, True. See, I, don't think, I don't think I've actually done that. Carrie, you just, re- you just made everyone realize that everything they want to go do somewhere else probably sucks. <laughs> and you have to ask the person who lives there. Like, right. for, for instance, you know, I've never, um, until very, very recently, ever laid eyes on the Liberty Bell. I've, oh, I've, I don't think I have either. But, but I've driven past <laughs> yeah. 800,000 times in my life, you, you know, and so um, I've I've quite literally been on the road. You know, you can look over and go, oh, there's the building where the Liberty Bell is. I could park here and go, eh, whatever. Um, right. You know. It's true. I mean, I I've, I think the first time I went to the White House was in like 1998 when mm-hmm. I started working at the Senate. Yeah, isn't that crazy? What do you do? Can you say what you do? Yeah, I um I work for the Sergeant at Arms, um, which 
is support for all of the Senate and committee offices in um, IT support services. And so we track all of your, all of the um, office equipment, the computers, all that stuff, TVs, copiers, all that stuff. I worked um, in the Senate for 19 years for a member and then he retired. And now I'm finishing out my years there at the Sergeant at Arms where no election depends on my, my job. Is that a lot of pressure around election time? Yes, it's very busy for us. We're taking in all of the equipment. We have to, you know, wipe all of the hard drives and and uh, you know resub- re uh, submit it to uh, the new member. And yeah, it's 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 pretty intense. And so that's what I was go I was going through all of these symptoms when we were do- doing all of that during election season. What was I just? So, I just had a thought in my head. Did it disappear or can I find it? Hmm. Uh, Hold on. Let's find out. This is totally where an ad's going to go. So let me just think. Fine. I was just thinking, oh my gosh. All right. I'm going back over it now in my head. Texas and do the thing. Uh, is it hard? Blah, blah, blah. Election. Yeah. Elections. Um, damn it. Damn it. Oh, oh, I'm so, so disappointed in myself right now. Now listen, it's the old ad music. Dun, 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 dun. Anyway, I'm just reminding you again about the T1D Exchange. That's it. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. One brief last time, the T1D Exchange is looking for T1D adults and T1D caregivers who are U.S. residents to participate in their quick survey. That's it. I'm getting you right back to the episode. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. Just do it. It's that simple. Just you type it in your thing and then you go do the thing. And then like 10 minutes later, you're like, hey, I did a good thing. Thing, thing, thing. And smiles. Who doesn't want good things and smiles? Do you not want good things and smiles? Are you one of those people who doesn't want good things and smiles? I don't think you are. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. Make good things and smiles. I don't even know what happened. I just lost my thread for a second. Oh, it's gone. It'll come back to me. That's okay. So, um, oh, I found it. Oh, yes. <laughs> 19 years ago, you said it's been more than that now, but how do you yeah. how do you initially get a job like that? So, definitely back then it was you know someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I ha- my my grandparents godson was working in this office as a legislative fellow, which is um they're on loan from their specific department, like Department of Energy or Department of Health and Human Services. They are borrowed from the Senate, but they're still paid or to the Senate, um, but they're still paid by their agency. So they're just we just like use them for their expertise in a certain area. Mm-hmm. So he was um, he was working there and they needed somebody to answer phones and, you know, constituent services. So I applied and. Um, they needed somebody right away. And so it was my first big girl job that turned into my career. And, um, so what I did then was I answered phones. I had flags flown over the Capitol for constituents that request. I did tours of the Capitol, um, things like that. Just, you know, a lot of, um, phone calls. Was, was the member you worked for local? You weren't traveling, were you, did you have to travel in and out of DC or did you stay and work just there? Um, I didn't until, um, 
so I didn't do that in the full capacity of the 19 years. I moved into, um, I became the correspondence manager and I dealt with all of the incoming correspondence that we received from constituents or whatever. So um, like the day I wrote a letter that said, yes. uh, dear congressman, uh, yes. I didn't vote for you. I'm not in your party, but I did come to your office a couple of times and talk to you about type one diabetes. I'd really right. love to go to the Obama inauguration. Give me tickets. You would have gotten that note. I did. I gotcha. Okay. Yes. And um, so, yeah, I did that. And then um, as he announced his retirement, I was in charge of archiving his 30 plus years of service. That's interesting. So, yeah, it was the best. I will tell you, it was the best part of my my job for the last like 22 months of closing his office. So at that capacity is when I ended up having to travel to Las Vegas and um, close his Las Vegas office and um, go through tons of awards and memorabilia, over 800 pieces and um, catalog and, you know, send all of that stuff out to um, the repository where he's, you know, is keeping all of his archivable material. Feel free not to answer this, but when you're doing that kind of work, does it matter if your politics match with the person you're working for? I think um, I think it would if you were in the legislative portion of the office. Mm-hmm. I was in I was in the administrative portion. Yeah, that's what I'm um, saying. You know, I I I think that not everyone is going to align perfectly, but you know, I think it helps if you do have a little bit of um, you know common interests yeah. and you know what I mean? So it isn't, it's an office job, but at the same time, I mean, how often in most people's lives in, in their office job, do they hear their boss say something that could sway the, you know, sway policy in the country. And, and then you have time to think like, I mean, you can get mad at your boss. You're like, you know, we're going to start doing this like this now. And you think, ah, oh, right. I don't think we should do that. But that's right. different than, you know, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go vote for this amendment. And you're thinking, right. Please don't. Or, right, or, right, right, right. Like, yeah, oh my gosh, don't do that. Yeah, please don't. Like, you know, and then yeah. you start feeling like, I would imagine then you start feeling like you're furthering a thing yeah. that you don't want to see furthered. It's, it, would, know, it would be interesting, that's all. Yeah, you know, I mean, just to give you kind of a, a reality check, I sat at the front desk and answered phones during the Clinton impeachment trial. So... I was called, I have very thick skin these days because of that, because I was called every name in the book, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, so y- you get that you, and you get mostly complaints and you, you know, not many people take the time to call in a compliment. So <laughs> it's like uh, the internet. You know, it's yeah, very, very exactly. much like the internet. Yeah, No one goes yeah. online to be like, you know, what's great. My toaster always works. <laughs> Toast always perfect. I just wanted everyone to know, you know, <laughs> No one ever says that. Oh my, right. But how happy are you when your toast comes out nice and even, right? right but you've never right. thought to yourself. You just want to tell someone. I got to go. I mean, someone should know about this toaster, <laughs> you know. Uh, no, I hear you. That's that's definitely. Yeah. And so when that when that person calls, they want to make sure that you know they're happy, sad, mad, whatever it is. Right. And so it it's they give you the full the full throat of how they feel, not feeling not realizing like, yo, I'm really just I'm just answering the phone, right, you know, right. like, I mean, d- they must feel like you would turn around, then go to your Senator and right. say, 
Hey, listen. He just said. Yeah, you must want my input on this. And here's what the peeps are saying on the phone. Yeah. 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 Exactly. (laughs) Not how that works. No. I mean, they're interested in, you know, definitely like tallied, like, you know, against or for. Sure. But of course, not the whole, you know. They want to know which way the wind's blowing. Right. 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 That's yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on in the impeachment now. Like when, um, because we're we're recording this as right as as the Republicans are, are probably two thirds of the way through their initial um folly, and and <laughs> and and um and you, when this started, you heard well, there's not going to be any witnesses. There's not going to be. We're not going to bring documents into this. And then right. as I went to bed last night. There was a Republican a senator more, on, yep. on television going, you know, I do think we need to hear from this Bolton character. And I thought, uh, ooh. Yeah. The, so he felt the wind change, and he did not want to be downwind of a stink. So he ran around the other way. And I was like, oh, that's that's exactly what's going on here. Yeah, I think Jake Tapper is the one that called it not the elephant in the room, the white mustache in the room. <laughs> He's like, I mean, he should have made a Lorax reference with that mustache. But I hear, I hear what you're getting at. <laughs> Maybe this Taffer guy is not a comedian, um, but no. But it's sure. just it, it really politics aside of it. It's it's interesting to see, like, right. you know, I'm I'm okay as long as the majority of the people who are voting for me agree with what I'm doing. And the minute yeah. that looks wrong, I'm gonna I'm gonna run to the other side of the boat before we capsize. And uh, that's, yeah, very interesting. You must have seen yeah. a lot of crazy stuff. I have seen a lot for sure. It's interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, there. I definitely have. I mean, I. I I can't say it's all been good since I was there when the Capitol police officers were shot. Mm. And, you know, that was very scary, of course. But, um, you know, a lot of good, too. So um, but and I've I I, uh, you know, I've had my kids while I was there. I was married and divorced while I was there. I feel like I've, um, you know, you lived your life there, really lived my life there. And I when I retire, whenever that may be, mm-hmm. um, I want to go back to school and I want to do radiology, um, diagnostic sonography. No kidding. I thought you were going to say, yeah. you wanted, I was a hundred percent sure you're going to say, I want to teach history. You took me by surprise no, on that one. No, I, I, I never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I think I finally figured it out. And I think that that's a good way to make, um, you know, an income and, uh, be able to live anywhere I want. Let me ask you this, um, without asking any political leanings, Mm -hmm. do you see it being more true that this is all just BS and they're going to do whatever they want? Like the people who feel like that about politics, or do you see sort of the pageantry and the beauty of it and the, and the history of it? Like which side of it do you like, do you think I see no beauty in this? I see no beauty. It's to me, it's, it's an awful thing. And I hope that the, I hope that the other side will uh, come to their senses and and have a fair trial. Okay, and then in in aside of the impeachment, like the entirety of it, like like the political world in general. Do you like? How do I put this? Have you ever seen the American President? I don't think so. It's a movie where it's you know it, they sort of speak romantically about politics. Oh, and 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 like and when you talk about like you know they when they people who talk about the framers and they and they they hold these like ideas really close to their heart like is it less like that and more business or are there some people walking around or just like golly this is the way this is supposed to be I want to do the right thing here or, or is there not a ton of that I don't think there is yeah. 
um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to see from an, uh, you know, a Senate office side and then the, also the outside. Um, so it's definitely, it's definitely a different picture. You, I mean, you have, I, I think there's politics in everything, no right. matter, no matter what or where you work. <laughs> of um, so, um, I, I, I do feel that some people or some some members mm-hmm. are strictly with their party. Okay. And and both sides. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And 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 so it wouldn't matter. They could see or hear something and that, I think so. That just any reasonable person would be like, "Oh gosh, well we can't do yeah. that." And they'd be like, "No, no, if we do that, I get to right. build airplanes, so we're totally doing that." Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, gotcha. that's it and that's what's so sad. Yeah, it's interesting. It really is that it's uh all right. Well, you answered yeah. my question. You answered my question the way I imagined you were going to answer it. I was just, I was, oh, really? there was just part of me that was hoping you were going to be like, no, you know what, Scott? I see a lot of people down here who care deeply. You know, they're still talking about George Washington and they want the right. Uh, you no. were like, you were like, nah. They're they're like, those, those people are like, who? Yeah. Everybody's trying to get theirs, is what you're telling me. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh. Yeah. And, and, and to be very honest, the, the Hill staffers mostly use the Hill experience for a resume builder to go off and work in the private sector because they can make so much more money. Half of them are lawyers. Right. They, they can make way more money. <laughs> so not a bunch of bright eyed college kids thinking I could, I could change the world. They're thinking I can get this oh, on my resume. Oh, there's, and def- there's definitely that too. Right. Um, I mean, there's definitely that too. Gotcha. But, um, but a lot of it is, you know, just self- it's a stepping stone. You're, it's a ladder. Yeah. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Well, I don't know that it's ever been different than that or, you know, it, right. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I think, don't think I, I, it weirds me out when people are like, things have changed so much. I'm like, eh, they haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing's changed. There's just more of us now and you have social media so you can see it happening faster. Mm-hmm. You're, you're more aware of things, but somebody, yep. somebody's always been career building and stepping on somebody else's throat to get to something else. That's not a new, that's not a new path in life. What, you know, what's funny. What's new is when you, not, what's not new, but what's sad is when you do meet somebody who just wants to go do a good job, you know, be treated fairly, you know, maybe move up once or twice, isn't looking to, you know, light the world on fire and be at the top and everything. And yeah, and, and I that, think that, yeah. that person just gets treated like they get manipulated by the people who are trying to climb. It's well, uh, I, I think that you've kind of described me, but I was fortunate enough not to be stepped on. I hung in there and, you know, I, I was the longest serving staffer in my Senate office. Wow. And yeah. And I, I think, uh, I, I did pretty good, even though I wasn't in the legislative part, because those are the ones that really come and go. The administrative mm-hmm. portion is, is, uh, you know, they're most of the time they're there for the long haul. Well, I think it's really wonderful. I'm, I'm, I think it's Thank you. Yeah, something to be proud of. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I got to bring this back to diabetes somehow. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, you are not going to have any information. On, maybe you will. If you don't, just say I don't. But do you see the um, the other side of the fight about insulin pricing? I that, do. Do you have thoughts so, on it that you're willing to share? So I feel so, gosh, I feel so lucky that I have awesome insurance. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel terrible for those that are struggling. Um, and I've seen where 
um, a couple different states have, you know, uh, capped insulin prices for to $100 on, a month. For, for people on Medicare, right? Or some, or on state yes. assistance. Yeah, I saw that. Yes, 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 yes. I, th- I, I want to say it was Michigan or something, but I can't be positive. I, I find um, that article funny because the headline makes you feel like no one's ever going to pay more than $100 a month for insulin. And then you read three more sentences. You go, oh, no, not everyone. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I literally get five vials of Novolog for $25. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I feel spoiled because that's just what it costs me. It doesn't cost me a penny more. And, um, and that of course, I mean, I'm not on a ton of insulin. I mean, I know there are some people that are, you know, I, I think I have like 85 units for three days. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if that's not a lot, no, Arden uses up every bit of 200 units every three days. See, that's crazy. And like, that's, I mean, it's not crazy. It's reality, mm-hmm. but it's, there's people that use a lot more like that need cheaper prices because they have to have so much yeah. and it's a life saving drug. Crazy. You know, it's interesting. As you were saying that I just realized Arden's had diabetes for you know a really long yeah. time now. And right? I don't know how much insulin is in a vial of insulin. It's never, I don't know. it's never been a problem for me because we've, had insurance too. I just right. I use a vial of insulin and when I'm done, I throw it away and I get another vial of insulin. That's just right. how it goes, you know? Wow, yes. that's something. Now you made me feel bad. Good job, Karen. <laughs> Not that I I was no, I'm very just, compassionate I, to begin with, but I just right. yeah, made I me just think about like it. I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm getting this for such a cheap price. Why are other people struggling? And so it well, I, I because you're also probably paying, if I'm guessing, you have a couple of kids. Um you're probably paying six or seven thousand dollars a year out of your income to have private health care insurance, then you probably have a two thousand dollar deductible on top of that. So not it's not cheap. It, it's, I co- know, it's costing it's you just... eight grand a year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, p- amongst other issues, other stuff. you know, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I just I I really hope that because so many are affected by diabetes, mm-hmm. I really hope that there can be some type of mandated cost. Yeah. I, I listen, there's, um, you know, a very happy liberal who lives inside of me who would like to see things like that be free. And you know, uh, right. there's a conservative guy standing next to him going, we can't make things free. You know, that's not how this is going to work. Yeah, Affordable. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. All. Affordable would be a, a hell of happy a step. Media. Yeah. 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 Or, or the other thing that I never miss, I never understand in any walk of life, just identify the people who can't afford it and give it to them and make the rest of us pay for it. And yep. it, it isn't going to be fair. And you know what? Everyone will have to get over the fact that it's not fair. And some people are going to game the system and get free insulin who don't deserve it because they have the money to pay for it. And you know what? That's going to have to be the cost of doing business. And let's right. just let's just let's get it done. Let's let's not let anyone suffer, ration, right. die. It, because they can't afford it and then work forward from there to make it more reasonable for everybody if you can. Yeah. You know? I, I, I firmly believe that I, I just want everybody to be okay. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you think. Hold on. Give me one second here, Harry. I'm actually going to be doing insulin with somebody who's not Arden. One second. So you're giving insulin right now? No, I'm agreeing with a person's idea of how oh, much insulin they should Oh, be. oh, oh. So you're going to hear on the show pretty soon 
uh, it'll probably it'll be probably months before people hear this. Uh, but my daughter's um, friend Yanni is type one, and uh-huh. so the way they met was Yanni used to read my blog, and mm. she liked it, and she was a you know the same age as my daughter. And so one day she was on Instagram and thought, like, I'm going to try to find Arden. And she found her and she messaged her that she wanted to connect on Instagram because Arden's private. And Arden mostly, you know, I think deletes, you know, that those kind of requests. But if someone has diabetes, right. you know, Arden's always like, yo, this yeah. person has diabetes. Like, do you know them? You know, that's usually what she, she asked me. I'm like, I don't recognize that kid. And she's like, all right. I was like, what are you going to do? She's like, I don't know. And she walked away. And then it turns out that she you know, said yes to the friend request. So Yanni and Arden have never met each other in person. They are 100% best friends. Oh, Arden is the only other person besides her grandmother that Yanni knows who has diabetes. Wow. And I don't believe that Arden knows a lot of people who have type one either. Uh, any of them <laughs> she knows are mostly probably from online. And so, um, Yanni's blood sugars are, uh, to be, to be polite, uh, an unholy mess, a train wreck, just really bad. And so uh. for years of their friendship, I wasn't aware of that. I, you know, I don't run around asking people what their blood sugar is. Right. <laughs> like I, listen, I do this a lot, but you know, I kind of do that. now, I, though. I'm not going that far. And so <laughs> do you. And so, um, yeah. you know, so one day Arden comes to me and she's like, I think Yanni needs help. And I was like, why? And she's like, her blood sugar's like all over the place, dad. And like, I don't think she's figuring it out. And so I said, all right, well, you know, if she wants to talk to me, have her talk to me. And I sort of let it go. And then they sort of never came and asked. It was always like, you know, it was implied. Like, oh, uh," her mom would say something like, I'm going to put her on a plane. She can come live with you for a week. And I'd be like, yeah, send her over. Like, you know, we'll we'll straighten it out. And but nothing ever came of it. And then finally, one day, a couple of months ago, Arden said it to me again, and she really seemed concerned. So I proactively reached out. And uh, last Saturday, so one, two, three, like four days ago, I talked to Yanni on the FaceTime for a little bit. And um, her A1C, I think, is like 8.7. 8.7 but more importantly, she's over 400 a couple of times a day for, oh, for my God. blocks of time, you know? And so my plan was I was going to have Yanni on the podcast and we were going to, I was going to talk her through the stuff we were going to do. And I just did not have the heart to even wait until we could record. And so oh. I just said, like, we're going to do it right now. And then you'll come on later and we'll talk about what we did. And she's like, okay, I really, I, in my heart, I was, I wanted to do it as we were doing it. Like, you know, like 20 minute interviews, like every couple of days for a couple of weeks. To, so you could listen to her go through it more in real time. But I just couldn't let her wait that long. And uh, yeah, that's awful. Yeah. So she's doing terrific right now. Her, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. And she's still living at home or whatever. Oh, she's 15. Yeah. yeah. But her, oh, okay. but her, her last 24 hours, I don't think she's been under 70 or over 140. And we're, we're, we're working on getting her, uh, her basal hammered out. But I would say that since I'm looking at the last 12 hours from midnight to now, so for like the last eleven or twelve hours, because she's in a different time zone, and my brain won't oh. figure out which way I should if I should yep. be adding or subtracting an hour <laughs> right now. Uh, but she's been right at like ninety and a hundred. So that's so awesome. She's gonna feel so much better. She told me already. She's like, I was doing oh. my, my homework the other day, and I can focus, and it's really cool. Wow. So she's a really nice kid, 
And, um, you know, it was a pleasure to help her. But what it taught me is something that I already knew and just made me sadder about it. Like this kid's four or five years with this, maybe longer if I'm thinking about it. And, you know, she's just going along, doing her best, doing what she's told, thinking she's doing okay, knowing it's not okay, but not Mm -mm. thinking there's another way. And then I was just like, hey, let's turn this here, turn that here. Let's pre-bolus a little more. Yeah. You know, I think you're counting your cars a little light and boom, like that. That's, ex- I mean, that's how I learned by listening to the podcast. Oh, I, I never, I mean, I, I thought about pre bolsing and then I was like, oh, I'm just too scared. And then I did it and I stayed in normal range. I didn't even get it, you know, I didn't even get an arrow up mm-hmm. and I'm like, holy crap, this is amazing. I think I'm perfect. And like when I, when I got the like straight line and on my diagram or my graph, yeah. like for the whole day, I was like, either I'm dead or perfect dead on because it was just a straight line with no rise. No, you know, it's, it's and exciting when you come to it and it is so it's, so, I, I feel like I've just won the Stanley cup, but does hindsight make you feel like, by the way, it's funny. I was thinking of a hockey reference to use in my talk in Dallas next uh, in two weeks. I can um, I can come up with any hockey reference. You could? I, I'm a huge hockey fan. Okay. All right. Hold on. We'll talk about two things. The first thing okay. I was going to say was that um, as exciting as it is when you get it, I would think for people who have right. had diabetes for longer, you're in a different situation. But for people who've had it longer, they start looking back and thinking like, oh, my gosh, like that was it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, guy on you the know, podcast and- said a couple things and now my blood sugar stable and this right. has been going on for years. That's yeah, gonna be and I, I feel I feel myself like, you know, I have I belong to a couple different Facebook groups for like for my pump and for type one. And, yeah. you know, I feel like I am able to offer advice for what worked for me. I obviously sure. everybody's diabetes is different. But, you know, if you have a suggestion, I know everybody that has diabetes is willing to hear it because at some point you'll try anything. Mm. And I, um, what's that? I was just going to say, Carrie, like I I would say. I don't find everyone's diabetes to be that different. Like well, there's, there, there's, there's a lot of differences among people from people sure. to people, but I think at the core, like those, you know what I mean? Like those couple of ideas are very similar for everybody about how to yeah. use the insulin. Everything else is a, well, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, some foods affect me differently mm-hmm. and um, like oh, yeah. my coffee, my coffee, I have to uh, put in like 25 carbs because I'm, you know, and I don't it. even, have sugar in it. So, but isn't it cool? Lucky. You figured that out. You just looked at yes. it. You're like, this shouldn't be, but it is. So, so what? And this Here's is the what answer. works. Yep. Exactly. That's, that's where it's gotten me into trouble with like different foods though, because I have a food thing and, um, it's like my pump says, Oh, well I can just give carbs for that. And it doesn't erase the food that you ate. It just gives you insulin to, to absorb that food. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like in one part on my one shoulder, it says, Oh yeah, go ahead and eat six bagels. But just I know how to bolus enough. for that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so that's where I have to learn to, ju- you know, that's where you have to watch what you eat. It's because an important it's- thought. It really is that you have yeah. to, re- you, you get so focused on whether or not you can cover something with carbs. Yes. You don't think about whether or not you should be eating that thing. Right. It, you've a, nailed it. That's yeah. exactly how I feel a lot of the right. time. Stop thinking about yourself as having diabetes for a second and just think of yourself yes. as a person. Yeah, like, there you would go. I eat six bagels? No, right. I don't think I would, you know, but now you're, right. you can bolus for it. You're like, watch this. This is amazing. Yes. <laughs> Look at this. I can stay 
average blood sugar. Too easy. Watch this again. Here, I'll do it again. <laughs> Keep giving me the bagels. I'll work the whole thing out. Right. And oh yeah, I'm like, and some people are like, oh my gosh, can you eat that? I'm like, hell yeah. I can just watch this. I press these buttons and I'm good to go. And then three days later, they're like, remember when Carrie was skinny? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Apparently that yeah. insulin doesn't take the calories away, just the carbs. No, right? <laughs> I, that's what I'm fighting with. It's an internal struggle. <laughs> but it's very, I think it's common. I also think it's common to not consider the sugar you're using to treat lows. And people are always like, oh, I'm struggling with my weight. Insulin's making me heavy. I'm like, is it the insulin or is your blood sugar getting low and you're drinking juice all the time? Because right. that yeah, could be and, a thing too. And you know? I'm, I'm very lucky that I don't I don't go low a lot at all. Right. Um, I mean, it's only maybe if I overcorrected a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, or, excellent. you know, on calibration days, I, you know, I sometimes it's mostly the reading. I don't feel low a lot. Is I guess what I'm saying it's is funny. it's not a true reading. Yeah, Jenny. When Jenny talks about your pump, she's like the people it works for. It works for, and the people yes. it doesn't. It really doesn't. And right. that's interesting. Yeah, and I see a lot of that uh, um, in the the uh, Facebook Online. groups. Yeah. Yes, um, they um, people complain, complain, complain. I hate this pump. I hate this pump. And um, you know, I think it, I think a lot of it has to do with maybe settings and things like that, because, um, I had, like I said, I had a wonderful clinical manager and she was so knowledgeable and I could call her anytime. And I'm thinking, and I even said, I think I need to set my, um, my high alert lower mm-hmm. because I don't want to go that high. And, um, I don't ever want to go that high. And, um, she's like, okay, you know, like, that's fine. I, she's like, I was just giving you some wiggle room for the beginning, you know, when you started, I'm like, no, she's like, you are on this. And like my, my endocrinologist, they're like, I wish all of my patients were like you, you're, you know, you're a goat, you're. You figured it out. All in. Yeah. You figured it out and and it's working. And so. Yeah. Like, why accept the higher blood sugar if that's not necessary? Right, exactly. And, and it's interesting, too. I wish all my patients were like you. What does that mean, though? Figured it out? You wish they all figured it out? Like, well, why don't you I help think, them I figure it out, more, you know? I I think more so my attitude towards it all. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just um, – I don't realize that I'm doing anything different than anybody else. But I, you know – You're doing it the way it occurs I, to you to do it. What's that? You, you're doing it the way it occurs to you to do it. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I'm following their advice and I'm doing what they're telling me to do. Not everybody is a is a uh quote good diabetic. And um you know, I think that if you but if you follow what your doc your doctor says and you know what your clinical manager suggests and it works for you, you should keep doing it. Yeah. And um I mean, she's like you're doing so well with everything and you know, whatever. So I'm I I'm just like I guess I'm, a, I was, you know, all gung ho and, you know, whatever mm. you want me to do, I'll do it. You think you can keep so, it going? Like, you know, I, I don't feel any burnout yet at all. Um, even though I went all in right in the beginning, right. um, I even have my type one tattoo on my wrist instead of a medical alert bracelet. And, um, and I, I'm just, um, I, I, I think it is what it is and you deal with it. It's a daily, it's a something you deal with every day and you just take it day by day. Right. You know, I mean, if I think if you think about, you know, whatever comes next week, you, you kind of get overwhelmed. Yeah. 
Oh, like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I have a wedding. The pump is going to show or what? I'm like, no, Mm. I'm 45. I do not give any. It's so interesting you just brought up your age because I was just going to bring up your age. And and, and I was going to go back to what you said a second ago. So I have, you know, I've recorded like 350 of these things. Right. And the amount of times that an adult with type 1 diabetes has used the phrase, I'm not a good diabetic or, you know, I'm a bad Mm -hmm. diabetic. And I always think, wow, that's a phrase that would not resonate once with a parent of a child, right? They'd be insulted by that, that, the, right. the, the possibility of it. But adults don't seem to be, they don't seem to think of it the same way. I think when an adult says it, they're saying, I'm, I, there's a thing I know I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And I don't do it. Bad diabetic. Yeah. Like that, yeah. like, like, like yeah. that feeling, right? Um, uh-huh. it, it's not a, it's not a, um, I don't, it, it's not a condemnation of somebody or themselves. It's just the idea of, look, I, I know there's a thing I'm supposed to be doing and I don't do it, et cetera. And what you're saying is, you know, there's a thing you're supposed to be doing and you're doing it. And yeah. I, I wonder how much of that comes from being like, like where you were diagnosed, right? In your forties, mature, been through right. a divorce, work, right. work in a, in a, in a high pressure situation. Like you're more of a, um, like this is what needs to be done. Do this thing, person. Right? I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. 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 You're you're a task person. You're like, okay, yes. give me a task. Give me I'll get it done. To do I will do it. And that's even shows when you said because you know once the senator retired, I you know basically cataloged his life. I bet you there were a lot of and you liked it. And I bet you there were a lot of people that heard that and thought, oh well, that sounds like the most terrible thing I could possibly spend <laughs> my time doing. Right? But you're a task person. Give yes. you a task, you do the task. That's mm-hmm. excellent. That's insightful. It really is. And I was afraid when you said, when you made the, like the bad diabetic reference, right. I thought, oh, that's it. People are going to just be like, oh, forget no, 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 but, no, no, no. But there's more to it than that. You really have to dig through it a little bit. You you know, you can't just hear the word bad and go, oh, right. no, no one should no, say that. I, yeah. I that. And I, I think, um, I think it's just about how you um, embrace it yourself. Oh, well, attitude's got to be a huge part of it. Yeah. 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 Hundred percent. Like you've got to sure. go with like, I can get this done, even when it's not going right. You have to be. You have to keep up that idea of I can get this done. You know, I can spoil this for you, because again, this will come out much later. But I asked Yanni, my daughter's friend, um, and I hope to get her on the recording saying this when when I record with her later this week. Um, how hard was it only having one friend really who had type one diabetes and them? having a completely different experience with their blood sugars. Like, how did that make you feel? And I really was wondering, like, is she going to say, like, I was a little jealous or like, what? and she said, it just made me feel like, you know, I want that. And, but not like she shouldn't have it. And I should like it. And it was like, Oh, this is nice. She's younger. They're friends. Like she doesn't have that feeling of like, you know, you know, I, you know, adversarial right away. And and I I hear people sometimes say like, I don't think people should share their, like their successful graphs online. I a hundred percent disagree with that. I think that right. I think you should be able to like imagine you're a person struggling with something and it becomes the norm. And you might say to yourself, Well, this is just diabetes. I can't do anything about this. But how great right. is it to be able to look up and go, that can't be right, because look at that person's blood sugar looks way better than mine. And right. so instead of being mad at them, wonder what is that person doing that I don't know about? Right. And, and I want to know about it. steal from them. You know what I mean? Like, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Go find out what works and do it is, right. how, is yeah. how I feel about it. 
yeah, like my, one time um, my son and I were sitting there watching, I don't know, probably a hockey game. And um, he said, or my pump beeped to calibrate. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he goes, oh my gosh, mom, I'm so proud of you. And I said, what? I said, why? And, um, and he's like, you don't ever complain. You, you made me forget that you even have diabetes. That's lovely. And I was like, yes, score. Because why would I want to put that burden on my kids? Hey, that didn't happen around his birthday or a holiday, did it? It wasn't, he wasn't no. fishing for a gift, <laughs> you don't think? No, he, he comes out with some of those uh, one-liners pretty often. Yeah, that's lovely. No, and good yeah. for you too, because, I, and I talk about it here a lot too, like you have to, you can't just, you can't get enveloped in drama. And there's plenty of opportunities every eight minutes to be dramatic about diabetes. There really just is. You know, yeah. Ar- Arden had a, a muffin at school this morning, and she bolus really hard for it. And while you and I were talking, she hit like 81, and she started going down. And hey. she's not going to get a message about that. I'm just sitting here talking to you, and I have I, I can see her blood sugar off in the corner of my eye because I don't want to get lost in this and and not see it. I right. don't I don't stare at it the rest of the day. I I actually only have it visible to me constantly when I'm recording, uh, right? Because I kind of get lost in the conversations a little bit. So I just texted her while you and I were talking a long time ago. It's like, hey, there's like four candies in your bag. Just eat them. And she did that. But, you know, I could have been like, oh, she's going to get low. She's at school. Like, you know, like it could have. Like, right. A lot, a lot of times you get to decide how you react to things, you know. So you brought something up now that reminded me of the. I said I was going to talk about two things. And I talked about one thing. And then we talked for 15 minutes. So <laughs> the thing I was trying, the thing I was considering for my talks, I'm giving two talks this month in um, Dallas and in Atlanta. And oh, cool. um, Wait, I was, when is Dallas? In like two weeks, like February 16th, maybe a Sunday. I'm not sure. Get out of here. I think so. Are I'm going to be there too. Are you really going to be in Dallas then? For hockey. Oh, to see the, are they? The, no, my son is playing. Your son plays hockey. Yes, he does. No, I will be in, I will be there. If you want to come, that's so funny. Lovely to meet you, but it sounds like you're busy. Um, But (laughs) but so anyway, so this will mean a lot to you. Is that I was trying to decide how popular professional hockey was there because if I if I don't feel like it's very popular, I won't use an example that I use. I'll I'll find a different one. Um, And so I I think a lot about there's a very famous story that at this point now I think every person who's tried to. uh, encourage people has brought up at some point, but I've been aware of this story for forever. Wayne Gretzky, a young Wayne Gretzky in his backyard, learning to play hockey, you know, back when uh, his father would take um, boards and make a frame in the backyard, right on the grass, fill the frame with water and let it freeze. So he actually had a a surface to Mm -hmm. practice on in his backyard, which I guess is one of the, um, one of the things you can do when you live in Canada. Right. And so, he said that the kid was having trouble keeping up with the game, right? Gretzky wasn't really, he was chasing, which is a very hockey term, chasing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a term that I use about diabetes. And the first time I thought about it, about diabetes, I didn't connect it in my head to hockey. I just thought, oh, we're chasing these blood sugars all the time. And then I remembered what, what Wayne Gretzky's dad told him to help him stop chasing. He said, and you probably are aware of this. He said, you know, you got to skate to where the puck is going, not to where it is. Yep. Yeah. Right. And so once you gave Wayne the vision to see where the play was headed, where the puck was headed, he he 
moved himself to where the puck was going. And so now he's in real time with the play, not always behind it. Right. And that's how I talk about bolusing, about, you know, I'll tell people, I, I, there's a million different ways to say it, but lately I've been saying, you know, it's like a time travel movie. Nothing you're doing right now is affecting right now. It's for later. And so anything that's happening to you now was set in motion in the past. So when you're using insulin now, it's really for later. Yep. Right. That kind of an idea. And and I, and then I love I, it. And then I would usually say something about Wayne Gretzky, but it's very possible that I was thinking like, maybe the people in Atlanta will be like, hockey? What? <laughs> and I might have to do something else. So, in Atlanta? Yeah. You think so? Probably not. But the stars are still in Dallas, right? Oh, yes. Okay. But is the, are the Thrashers in Atlanta? Maybe. Oh my gosh. I'll look at I don't think they still are. I no. Don't, I don't keep up with hockey the way I should. Well, I'm just a Caps fan. Yeah, and and your son plays your older son. Yes, he's 16. What's the goal he, here? Does he want to play in college? No. Um, Are you just, being um, assaulted? Do you need to call the oh, police? Oh my! Oh shoot, my dog! <laughs> oh my gosh, Brody! He probably oh he it, sees workers outside. Hundred percent sounded like he said what when you said Brody. <laughs> oh my god! I was waiting for you to go. Buddy, I'm recording a podcast. Can you be quiet? And, have, and you, I thought he was going to go, okay. <laughs> hey, keep it down in there. Um, <laughs> We're so close to being done. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Oh We're right gosh. at the hour. I was just going to ask you if your son's trying to play in college, but I don't know if um, we can. <laughs> no, I don't think so because um, he's just, I mean, he just, he's played since he was like four years old. He just loves and, it. And um, he plays for his high school team now and he plays for a club team and um, he's just enjoying it, you know, while he while he's still in school. Well, you're a very and, good mom to fly to Dallas so he can play hockey because there's got to be an ice rink in Washington somewhere. Th- there's plenty, but um, yeah, this is a tournament, and unfortunately, he plays travel. <laughs> so um, yeah, we've been up and down the East Coast for yeah, sure. I have to and, tell you, I I would if I had one thing I could say to every person who's in charge of travel organizations for any sport, it would be. Stop making people fly all over the country to play youth sports. Not necessary. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Not necessary. Yes. <laughs> I, I probably said it here before, but my son's always chosen where he plays baseball with very basic rules. Uh, is it affordable? Uh, <laughs> will he play? Is it close to our house? Those are there you pretty, go. pretty much the rules we would followed for a very long time. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and listen, and if you were one of those people who was, you know, going to get drafted by the Capitals, you would <laughs> you wouldn't have to go show them; they'd find you. It would be okay, right? You know? Right, exactly. Yeah. There's there's no six seven kids skating around in Washington right now playing at a, a semi pro level that the NHL is not aware of. Uh, uh, I can guarantee you that there's <laughs> all of the moms and dads that think that their kids are going pro are not in this area. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Do you make little people in your area? <laughs> Oh God. Um, we have, you know, we have a ton of different, um, a ton of different leagues and, and, mm-hmm. and teams throughout the area, but, um, th- th- they're just not at the caliber of the of you know, no, upper a, Northeast. It's a random thing to be a professional athlete. Uh, I, well, um, yeah. by the way, being a hockey mom is like extra uh, hard. Extra. So you have to wear like actual, like outdoor clothing to a hockey practice and stuff like that right to stay warm inside well i mean no it's um it's jesus um it is 
you know, they have a warming room and then, but inside the rink, it's pretty chilly. Right. So you, you know, hats, gloves, hand heater, hand warmers, seat warmers, um, things like that. But, um, the, the new, nice new rinks have all like have those heaters hanging from the ceiling really? and stuff. So you can, oh, lovely. You, well, that's where all your money's going, by the way, they're there you go. Shaking yeah, you down to go to cheap. Dallas and buying heaters with the money. Not cheap. Yeah. Not cheap. I, I have to say there was a time as I'm being a bit of a hypocrite, my son's done a couple of travel things, but we really did limit it. I think he only traveled twice, maybe far away, but one, yeah. once was Atlanta in the summer and oh. Gosh. At the second game of a doubleheader, I had resolved myself to the fact that he was probably going to die from the heat, from the heat, and I was standing next to a telephone pole, like sucking in my gut, shimming shimming around the pole as the sun moved around the earth, trying to stay in the little bit of shade that this telephone pole was making because I thought at least one of us should live through this. Uh, it was so incredibly hot. Um, it's a, I can't even imagine. It was terrible. Really, really terrible. When the game was over, we went, you know, we had rented a car and in the back of the car was a cooler full of, you know, what it started out as ice at the beginning of the day, but it was just oh. water at the end. And it was freezing cold water still in the cooler. And my son walks over and he used to be a modest, a more modest person at that age. And he came over to the back of the car, just started taking off his clothing in, in the <laughs> driveway. He didn't care. Like, you know, he's like, I have to take this <laughs> off. I have to like, it was like a bad movie. Like, I'm going to die. Gonna die. And, he oh says, and he says, can I? take this water. And I was like, sure. And I thought, I thought for sure he's going to reach his hands into it to try to cool his body off. And he grabbed it, lifted it over his head and dumped no. it over his head. And when, as the water cascaded down his filthy sweaty body and splashed all over me, the one thing that I re remember was that the water splashing on me was hot. That it, this what? freezing cold water went over his body and it warmed it up as it went over. Oh, you are kidding. And I actually, I said to, I was like, Hey, let's, um, Let's get you back to the hotel. <laughs> right. Time's I think, up. I think people who live around here are accustomed to a different heat. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. And not only that, but it's humid. It was terrible. It was, it was yeah. one of the worst days of my life. Um, it was really bad. Anyway, um, you were terrific. I realized as we were talking, I don't know if we talked about anything that you wanted to talk about, but no, we're good. I, I feel go? like I got plenty. Excellent. Oh, I'm so yeah. glad. There are sometimes I'm just like, uh, she was chatty and there was nice things to talk about and you have interesting yeah. life and stuff. And I thought, let's just find out about that. You're good at what you do. Oh, you're very kind. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much. I'm going to uh, say you goodbye. You're welcome. And just, thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, first off, I'm very sorry, Carrie, for losing your episode, but at least I found it. I felt really excited when I found it. Then I felt bad about it and then I excited again. So, you know, I just kind of bounced back and forth. Anyway, Here's some new music. It's better, right? Hey, and I want to remind you to go to the T1D Exchange at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox and fill out that survey. Go do a good thing that helps everyone living with type 1 diabetes. And hey, something else. I mentioned at the beginning, juice boxers, right? So it turns out it's more of a thing than I knew it was. And we're approaching 3 million downloads of the podcast, which I'm super excited about. And I didn't want to do a giveaway, which I mentioned in an episode or so ago, because I don't know. Giveaways seem so 1991. Uh, so I made a juice boxer shirt and I put it on sale on the merch page for as absolutely cheap as I could make it. Uh, the price will go up when we get to three million. <laughs> that's not, my point is that sounded weird as I was saying it. Like, hey, when we get to three million downloads, the price is going to go up. What I should have said is until we hit three million downloads. The price is going to be $5 off. 
uh, as absolutely cheap as I can make it. So it's a really cool little black t-shirt. It says Juice Boxer in a circle and then bold in the middle. Uh, somebody said it kind of reminded them of Iron Man's thing, but you'll have to go check it out. It's at juiceboxpodcast.com. And then up at the top, there's links and you just want to click on merch. You'll see it right at the top of the merch page. I got myself one. That's how much I liked it. And I didn't know you guys called yourself Juice Boxers, but I think that's cool. And I appreciate that you're so excited about the show. And I really appreciate how much you share it with everyone else because that's where the growth comes from. I certainly don't have a budget for marketing and that we went from 1 million to 2 million so quickly and then from 2 million to 3 million even more quickly than that is crazy. I mentioned it recently. I think we hit 4 million inside of this calendar year still. So things are just really exploding. It's because you guys are so kind. I'm sorry I even have to charge you for the shirt, but it's just covering my cost uh, and shipping. So I hope you like it. And if you don't like it, don't buy one. I mean, for God's sakes, don't buy a shirt you don't want. Not that I have to tell you that, but anyway, I bought one. I paid full price, by the way. It's really the only option. I would have given it to myself for free, but I just don't have that ability. So I, I paid for it. This is really into the weeds now in the t-shirt thing. Anyway, thanks so much for supporting the podcast, for listening. One more time, I'm really sorry, Carrie, I lost your episode for so long. We'll be back next week with more episodes of the Juice Box Podcast.